You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thank you for joining us on New Year's Eve. Sophie is down at Jackpool Plaza tonight getting ready for the big celebration and we'll check in with her a little later. But preparations are already in full swing right across BC for the countdown to 2019. And as usual, the biggest party will be in downtown Vancouver. Aaron MacArthur is live at Jackpool Plaza with the latest on what to expect if you're heading down there. Aaron. Chris, the police presence here in Jackpool Plaza just starting to arrive, as is the crowd. By midnight, there will be about 100,000 people and certainly a much larger police presence on the ground. You know it's going to be busy when a dozen food trucks show up. Yeah, ready for the chaos. Crammed nose to tail, hoping to serve just a few of the 100,000 people ringing in 2019. With a party outside and inside at Jackpool Plaza, the VPD will have all hands on deck, maintaining public safety. Uh, we will have extra officers on hand, highly visible officers with reflective vests, uh, and we will be there if you need us. You can flag us down, approach us. And it's not just all Coal Harbour. There are events spread across the downtown core, including a raucous crowd at the Canadian Junior Game. 18,000 more people looking for a place to go in prime time. <laughs> Find a good place to go have a couple of beer, maybe. And we hear there's fireworks down in the base. So we're going to go down there. And With so many people, the VPD has been forced to think about large crowd safety. Expect to see well-armed cops and barriers throughout the night put in place to deal with the potential of terror threats. So we do plan for these events and we do have operations plans. Uh, we have responded recently to world events that have occurred uh, globally that we've seen an increase in um, violence towards crowds. So anywhere there is a crowd, we have had to adjust throughout the years. Chances are the night will go off without people even noticing the extra security. Bundle up and enjoy a memorable end to 2018. We asked the VPD about the use of cannabis, this being the first New Year's celebration after legalization. They weren't overly concerned about it, thinking it wasn't going to make that big an impact to how they police the events around the downtown core. But they did stress anybody who consumes anything needs to think about a safe way home. Chris. 2018 will definitely be remembered for that, the legalization of pot. Aaron, thank you very much. Be safe down there. And, of course, we'll be broadcasting live tonight from the Canada Place celebrations. And we'll check in with Sophie Louie for a preview just a little bit later. Right now, despite a year of hoping British Columbians are heading into another New Year celebration with no ride-sharing, even though the NDP originally promised to make it happen by the holiday season. And if you factor in new police powers to check for impaired driving, Grace Key discovered some are concerned it could put a big damper on the celebration. If you plan on having a toast or two to ring in the new year, police plan to be out in full force making sure you're okay to drive. And new federal rules give officers greater power to demand a breathalyzer. This just is another tool for us. Uh, there will be an increase in counterattack roadblocks throughout the city. So, and like I said earlier, you may uh, drive through 
more than one tonight. After Mother's Day, New Year's Eve is the second biggest day for restaurants. The industry fears tougher laws mixed in with another year without ride sharing could mean more people are celebrating at home. It's about safety more than anything else, safety and convenience. And unfortunately, I think that people are so scared now, and they should be, about drinking and driving and cannabis and driving that they stay home. According to the BC Taxi Association, there will be more cabs on the road this New Year's Eve than ever before. The passenger transportation board granted about 300 cabs in the lower mainland itself. Some of them will be on the road. The companies has the ability to apply for festive temporary operating permit. An Uber spokesperson says this New Year's Eve is one of their busiest nights of the year and they expect to safely move thousands of riders across Canada. There are other options. You could ride on TransLink for free from 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. And volunteers and communities with Operation Red Nose can also make sure you get home safely. Grace Key, Global News. Well, if you're curious, Big Spring, Texas is the latest small town to beat B.C. by bringing in ride hailing. So far, just one driver serving a population of just under 28,000. But Cody Tannis says he's already given dozens of rides, mostly to people heading home from bars. Ride sharing is just one of the big issues facing the NDP government as it heads into the new year. Our Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry joins us now with a rundown of some of the other potential problems, certainly challenges, that Premier John Horgan's going to have to tackle. Keith. You, you said it, Chris, and the list is a long one, but we're obviously not going to spend the rest of the news hour going over all the challenges facing a B.C. government in the coming year. So I've narrowed the list to just a handful of ones that are going to get a, a lion's share of attention, particularly early on in the new year, starting with that Nanaimo by-election, which is a must-win for the NDP government. It's going to be called any day now. Uh, if the Liberals pick that seat up, there will be a tie in the House, and that will likely lead to an early election. Another one that could uh, lead to an early election is the uncertain situation dealing with the Speaker of the Legislature, Daryl Plekis threatening to resign if uh, people don't agree with why the clerk of the House and the Sergeant at Arms was suspended. And if he does leave, that could uh, question or threaten the stability of the NDP Green Alliance. Also, sure to be controversial, the new tax hikes take effect in 2019, particularly the new employer's uh, health tax that's replacing the MSP premiums. And of course, the annual increase with the carbon tax. The ongoing fiscal mess at ICBC, also another big issue. And that's not going to be resolved this year. Uh, and again, the the longer the NDP is in power, the more it's tied to the inevitable rate hikes that will come your way, and they'll be on the defensive over that. And finally, and I hope this doesn't happen, but it's happened twice in recent memory, there could be a teacher strike in the spring. The contract is up in June. Other public sector unions have successfully signed deals, but talks haven't even begun with the BCTF yet. Uh, Chris. So a number of challenges on the horizon for the NDP government, and there's going to bound to be some controversy. But I can tell you, talking to NDP members, they will be the first to tell you the worst day in government is better than the best day in opposition. So take, you can take that one to the bank. <laughs> no doubt. Okay, thanks very much, Keith, and uh, Happy New Year. We'll, we'll happy, talk to you next year. year. Happy New Year, too. All right, thanks very much. Well, Keith mentioned the tax hikes. And that brings us to a longtime Burnaby mom and pop store heading into the new year, facing the possibility of closing permanently despite a solid and loyal customer base. As Paul Johnson reports, they say one of their business costs is increasing to a level they simply can't handle. There's no question that Burnaby's Pacific Sun Produce has been a small business success story. Everybody around here, they know us, they love us. 
Richard and Susan Fung opened up 22 years ago, creating a business inspired by their years of living in South America, which is why they stock things like mole sauce, sugarcane cones, and other staples of Latin American cuisine not so easy to find in their metro town neighborhood. Almost most of the things you can see here is very Specialty products, loyal customers, and a capacity for hard work. What could possibly mess up this business model? A recent letter from their landlord about a property tax increase is all it took. So for this little store, we cannot afford that this huge amount increase. And the amount is staggering. A 37% increase in property taxes that will send their monthly lease payment north of $6,600 a month. Susan says they won't last. I think not even one month. Out of options, the Fung's last hope is that their customers may be able to save them, many of whom turned out on a busy New Year's Eve to sign a petition asking the city to try and find some break for businesses like theirs. It's that sense of community, and when they leave, um, and I say when, um, it's going to be sad. For every winner in the Lower Mainland's real estate boom, there's someone on the other side of that equation. And in many cases, those are small businesses like the Fungs, who were able to raise a family with their little store. Their daughter helped write their petition. <laughs> she worry about, worry about me, that what's going on to this store. A Did new year and new uncertainties. Though the Fungs may be about to get priced out, at least it's recognized that they are part of what's made their community a great place to live. Paul Johnson, Global News. Another snapshot tonight of the tightening real estate market in B.C. The province's notaries public say the number of first-time buyers dropped last year and more of those who did get into the market needed help. The survey of 174 B.C. notaries found 59% saw a decrease in first-time buyers in 2018, while only 13% saw an increase. 28% saw no change. 83% of notaries reported that most of their first-time buyers needed help from either parents or others for their down payment. Back in 2015, just over half said their first-time buyers got help. And when asked about the biggest impact on the housing market, notaries cited increased mortgage restrictions, rising mortgage rates, and the lack of supply. For the fifth time in four years, someone has died trying to gain access to a clothing donation bin in B.C. Ramina Dea has more on the latest tragic death and why some want the bins taken off the street until the death trap design is improved. Trapped upside down, helpless. Another victim loses his life. This is um, a really devastating way to end 2018. We know that something needs to change. Lives can't keep ending this way. West Vancouver police confirmed the body of a 34-year-old man was found stuck in the opening of the bin near Ambleside Park. An off-duty physician discovered the victim Sunday morning. We see men and women who are just on the brink of desperation and they are looking for warmth, they're looking for shelter, they may not have something immediately available to them and they see a clothing donation bin like this and for them it is that chance to get out of the cold. It could be life-saving for them if they were to get in. 
It's the fifth death involving a clothing donation bin in B.C. since 2015. The gate system, built to keep people out, is dangerous, say social agencies. There are going to be two gears inside here. A team of engineering students from UBC Okanagan is working on a better design to fix the fatal flaws. If this was a kid's toy, if this was a fancy espresso machine or something, that product would have been recalled, it would have been taken off the shelves, and we would have made sure that nobody else got hurt. Was the victim looking for clothes or desperate for a warm place to sleep? We don't know. The coroner is still investigating the exact cause of death. Romina Dea, Global News. That's a big old scary kitty cat. First this, a Maple Ridge man posted it on Facebook, a huge cougar relaxing out high outside his door on Sunday afternoon. The big cat appearing to be completely unconcerned with the close proximity of humans. At one point looking right at Kevin Helmer as he shot the video. Conservation was called. They say the cat was probably attracted by the family's dog and cat inside. Officers say they couldn't get a safe shot at the cat, so they managed to convince it to run off. At this point, there have been no other sightings, but they are urging people to be on the lookout. Some two dozen firefighters were called out in Surrey this morning to put out a fire in an empty home. The fire broke out just after 9 a.m. and spread very quickly. The house is officially abandoned, but it's believed the fire was started by some kind of human activity there. There had been another fire in the home a few months ago, and it had been boarded up after that. Luckily, no one was hurt. We are learning a little bit more tonight about an elderly husband and wife who were killed when their car was struck by a train in Langley yesterday. As Tanya Beja reports, their family is at a loss to explain how the car ended up on the tracks at a controlled crossing. The family is searching for answers as to what caused the tragic collision at this railway crossing Sunday morning. Relatives have identified the victims as 90-year-old Chris John Wantke and his wife, 88-year-old Ermgard. Uh, we're told the pair had been married for 70 years and were very dedicated to their family. In fact, they were about to become great-grandparents for the third time. Uh, relatives say they were very independent and enjoyed living a simple life. Now, we're told the Wonkies were headed to the doctor's office Sunday morning when their car was hit by a train. Police are investigating whether a, a medical emergency or a mechanical problem might have caused the car to stop on the tracks. Uh, but the wonky son says if there was some kind of car trouble, his parents may have had difficulty getting out of the car quickly. The family is looking for some kind of explanation as to what happened. They also want to thank a witness who tried to help by yelling and warning the Wantkeys of an oncoming train. They're worried about that person's well-being after witnessing such a tragedy. Chris, back to you. Well, it was a bad decision to walk home after a night at the bar that led to this rescue in Whistler today. Three people got lost in Fitzsimmons Creek and had to be long-lined out by Whistler Search and Rescue. They were hypothermic, but otherwise in good condition. The weather will be clear and cold at Canada Place and Jack Pool Plaza tonight, where thousands will gather to ring in the new year. And I'll be heading down there right along with Squire and Christy after the news hour to join Sophie Louie, who is already there getting ready for the big party. Sophie? Isn't that just like me, Chris, to start the party before all of you guys get down here? <laughs> totally in we character. Are at the, 
<laughs> yeah, we'll save some of the champagne for when you get here, buddy. Okay, so we're at uh, the Convention Center West for Concord, Concord New Year's Eve Vancouver. Uh, Lucas Chiton from the Vancouver New Year's Eve Society uh, is with us to talk a little bit more about what we're doing tonight. And you've been with the Society since its inception, since you guys decided we need to have a great New Year's Eve again in Vancouver. Yeah, since the beginning, all five years. And how has it grown since then? Well, every year it's a bit bigger. I mean, obviously there's more people uh, that attend. Last year we had over 100,000 people. And then every year we evolve and we answer to what people want. I mean, we the first year was in the old convention center and we didn't have any indoor event. This year we have all this. So every year we learn, we get bigger and better. Okay, so if, I'm not sure how much you can see behind me because it's a darkened ballroom right now, but we see some of the fancy disco lights and shiny balls. But tell us what's going to happen in here tonight. So uh, we have two uh, sort of uh, events going on. We have the outdoor. Uh, there's two sets of fireworks, uh, an early show at 9 yeah. uh, for the kids, yeah. uh, a midnight longer show. Mm-hmm. And then outside we have DJs, we have street performers, all a bunch of food trucks. And then inside here, if you don't want to brave the elements, uh, we still have tickets available, but there's live music all night long. There's food, there will be drinks. It's going to be amazing. And we have, uh, we've been doing sound checks, well not me, but there have been sound checks here all afternoon and uh, we're just interrupting one of them right now. But as Luca mentioned, tickets are still available for the event inside. Kids under seven are free. That's correct. And then they start at 59 and go up. Into the VIP, yeah. Which is, a, it's a great place to celebrate the new year. Uh, you'll see the fireworks from here and we'll have them, of course, Chris, uh, you, um, me, Squire and Christy will be here for the duration of the evening to ring in the new year together as we always do. But I will head outside to Jackpool Plaza in just a minute. In the meantime, <laughs> Screaming Eagles, take it away! Do it again. <laughs> this, this is the Screaming Eagles marching band from the Mennonite Educational Institute in Abbotsford. One of the many acts will be playing here tonight as we ring in 2019. Chris, back to you. All right, right on cue. Thanks very much. So look forward to seeing you and the rest of the crew down there a little bit later. 2018 will be remembered as the year Canada rolled out legal weed. In October, the feds launched legislation allowing Canadians to purchase pot. But there are still a lot of kinks in the retail cannabis market. Robin Gill has more on the high times ahead in 2019. Three, two, one. October 17, 2018 is a date for the history books. It's the day cannabis became legal in Canada. But that didn't make it easy to get. BC launched just one store in Kamloops. Ontario only made it available online. That will create a demand for bricks and mortar shops in 2019. People need to be able to walk into a store, have a conversation, ask questions and get through what is right for me. Legalization started with dry bud. The next phase is the edible market, aimed at 30 to 60-year-olds, and one that has been exploding in the United States. In terms of edibles, I know that in the U.S., with the four states that are um, currently legal, uh, it's, it's looking at sort of between 500 and 700 U.S. right now, million. Um, and, and typically, I think, you know, you know I, I'm, I'm certainly predicting that for Canada for 2020. But edibles can be more potent. So before companies roll out ingestible pot in 2019, they have to make sure they meet Health Canada standards. We can have a huge amount of confidence that what we are putting in there is actually exactly the dosage that we're talking about. Then there's the issue of criminal records now that marijuana has been decriminalized. Cannabis Amnesty, a lobby group, estimates there are 500,000 Canadians have records for simple possession. The federal government has promised to table legislation to allow people to apply for a pardon. 
But criminal defense lawyers are calling for expungement, which cleans the record permanently. Our friends down to the south are, are one of the biggest travel partners and with a record suspension or pardon you're not necessarily going to be able to still get into the United States um, with an expungement uh, perhaps but uh, we're looking at a kind of a two-tiered system here and if the, the government is going to introduce legislation and, and overhaul uh, the Criminal Record Act um, I think expungement would be the way to go. As governments continue the rollout of legal pot they still have to figure out how to fix the damage caused when it was illegal. Robin Gill, Global News, Vancouver. Grizzly, new video surfacing in the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. Video leaked to Turkish media shows a Saudi hit team in Istanbul carrying bags reportedly containing the remains of the journalist. Khashoggi, who was a critic of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, entered the Saudi consulate October 2nd to obtain divorce documents. He was killed and dismembered inside in what Turkey called a premeditated murder orchestrated by the Saudi government. In Russia, at least four people are dead and four others hurt after a blast in the Ural Mountains region. Russian President Vladimir Putin spent part of his New Year's Eve meeting with survivors in hospital. An apartment block in a city 1,400 kilometers just southeast of Moscow partially collapsed following an early morning gas leak and explosion. It's believed as many as 40 people could still be trapped in the rubble. In North Carolina, an investigation is underway to determine how a lion escaped its zoo enclosure and attacked a young intern. She was helping clean the enclosure less than two weeks into her job at the wildlife sanctuary. Instead of celebration, a new year will begin in grief for family and friends of 22-year-old Alexandra Black. She loved everybody that she met and loved all the animals she came across. Tonight, the North Carolina sanctuary where she was killed by a lion remains closed to the public. Investigators trying to understand how the animal was able to get out and kill Black, an intern who had started just 10 days ago. The person that was attacked, how are the how? How bad are they hurt? They're incapacitated. They're incapacitated. The lion, seen in this online video, was shot and killed by deputies. Now animal rights group PETA urging the unaccredited center's closure, calling it a roadside zoo. The conservator center passed two recent inspections by the USDA and has no reported safety complaints. Black's former co-worker at an Indiana wildlife park says she died for a cause she loved. The world has lost a person who really was able to speak one-on-one -on -one, um, and understanding their connection with animals. And tonight, Black's family remembering her as a beautiful young woman who died following her passion. Katie Beck, NBC News. A top U.S. Democrat today outlining her plan to take on Donald Trump in 2020. Launching an exploratory committee for president. Elizabeth Warren announcing she's forming an exploratory committee to look at a 2020 White House bid. The Massachusetts senator promising to rebuild the middle class and fight corruption and greed. Warren has famously battled with President Trump, who mocks her claim to Native American ancestry by calling her Pocahontas. Warren is the first major Democrat to take a formal step towards a presidential run. Fresh backlash tonight against controversial comedian Louis C.K., who was accused of sexual misconduct last year. In a leaked audio tape of a recent performance, the comedian mocks school shooting survivors, among others. And not everyone is laughing. 
Turns out there's an actual reason why babies cry on airplanes, and it's because they're upset that gay people are getting married. Louis C.K. built a career on shock humor, telling crude and often dark jokes. But it's newly leaked audio from his recent stand-up show that has some on social media outraged. I loved New York for 20 years. Now I'd rather be in Auschwitz, honestly. <laughs> C.K. then appeared to mock the victims of the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Seventeen people died in that attack. Some of the survivors have been vocal advocates for stricter gun control. Not interesting, because you went to a high school where kids got shot. Why does that mean I have to listen to you? Why does that make you interesting? You didn't get shot. You pushed some fat kid in the way. I mean, Last year, C.K. was added to the list of celebrity men accused of sexual misconduct in the Me Too era. Five women came forward with allegations against him, which included that he masturbated in front of them and repeatedly asked one woman to watch. C.K. admitted the allegations were true and apologized. At the time, he said he would be stepping back and taking a long time to listen. Less than a year later, he was back on stage. Audio from CK's newest set quickly drew backlash. A Parkland alum tweeted, 17 people died at my high school. My friend's brother watched his friends die in front of him. Expletive you, Louie. Another Twitter user wrote, I'm so embarrassed that I used to think he was funny. This isn't even doubling down. He just went full-on monster. In Health Matters tonight, uh, some tips on how to keep those 2019 health resolutions as you head off to a New Year's Eve party. Medical experts recommend knowing your blood pressure numbers. Anyone with high blood pressure is urged to get it under control to reduce the risk of heart attack or stroke. Cut back on processed foods and replace sugary drinks with water. Also a good idea. And it should also be a personal goal to stay in shape. Adults should get at least two and a half hours of moderate exercise per week. Kids should get at least one hour per day. We are still counting down the hours until the new year here, but much of the world has already said goodbye to 2018. How they celebrated around the world after the forecast in just a, mo a moment. But first, we're going to check in once again with Sophie Louie, who's down at Jackpool Plaza for another pre preview of tonight's big party. You got the two cons. Mm -hmm. Got to be a little chilly out there, I bet. I left the gloves inside, Chris, but I'll pick them up for a little bit later in the evening. It definitely is chilly out here. It's brisk, but it is dry, which is the key. So it's a nice, clear evening. Uh, but just bundle up if you're going to come down here and hang out with us at Jackpool Plaza. We're going to be broadcasting from Jackpool tonight and uh, spending the evening with these guys, the puppeteers who are entertaining the early crowds here, including uh, Shayla Bodnerchuk, who's taking up center position. Happy almost new year to you, Shayla. Happy almost new year to you, too. How are you feeling about the weather right now? It's a little bit chilly, but that's okay. We're going to keep moving and grooving. It's going to be good. So tell me about your... These are not what one would traditionally think of as puppets. They're gigantic stick men that you guys control. Yeah, no, they're called puppeteers, and they're lots of fun. The kids enjoy them. Everyone enjoys them. They're lots of fun, and yeah. And how much does one of these guys weigh? Um, I'm not too sure, but they're a little bit heavy. <laughs> so if you're you're going to be with this guy all night, this is your buddy all evening? Yeah, this is my buddy. All right. How's your 2018 been? <laughs> it's been pretty good, yeah. Lots Any... of love and laughs and yeah. Any resolutions for 2019? Uh, learn how to save money. <laughs> <laughs> I need that one too. Okay, ready? I'm going to high five you. Uh, Happy New Year, <laughs> Shayla. 
All right, Jackpool Plaza for uh, if you for New Year's festivities. If you want to hang out outside, there's also, of course, the ticketed event inside the Convention Center West. Uh, just go online to find out more details. Concord, New Year's Eve, Vancouver is where you'll find the details. But you can also come down here. They're selling tickets at the door as well. And, of course, uh, Chris and Squire and Christy and I will be down here right until the end of the fireworks. So come down and ring in 2019 with us. Chris, I'll see you down here in a little bit. Look forward to it. Right in the west side of the convention center there in the corner near the Cactus Club, I'm pretty sure, is where we're going to be set up. So we do hope we see you down there. Should be great view of the fireworks. And, uh, yeah, cold and crisp tonight. We'll check in with Christy and, and a look at what's been a pretty mild December so far, Christy. It sure has, Chris. Before I move on, I just want to tell uh, families out there, we do have fireworks that are going to go off at 9 o'clock. You can go down early with your kids, not get as cold as what it will be like at midnight. You avoid all the all the uh, uh, crowds, of course, and the kids can get into bed early. I always hate it when I see little kids out there at midnight and it's freezing cold. But uh, for those of you heading down at midnight, yes, make sure you bundle a lot, but mild throughout December. Here's a breakdown of what we saw. Mean temperature 5 degrees, whereas average for December would be 3.6. That's significantly above average and precipitation 255. It was a wet one, but what was interesting is we, we had the same number of days of rain as we would typically see in a December, except we had a couple of very, very wet days. In fact, one day we had 67 millimeters of rain. That was the sixth wettest day on record that we've ever had at YVR. And that was in December, just this past December. This was today, though, finishing off December with a beautiful day. Fort Langley enjoying sunshine. We saw it right across most of the province in the south. Kelowna, just a stunning day for you to finish off 2018. Here's a look at what we're going to start off with for 2019. So one degree by midnight in Vancouver, dry conditions. As we head into New Year's Day, we will see more cloud. We have a very slight chance of an isolated shower, but generally staying cold with four degrees, but dry. And that's to start off your 2019. Meanwhile, those of you across the north and central coast, it is going to be very, very wet. Just touching into the northern part of Vancouver Island as well. And then by Wednesday morning, that funnel of moisture targets the northern part of Vancouver Island and that will shift south. So by Wednesday afternoon, we are right back into the rain and we are going to see a ton right into Friday morning. Anywhere from 70 to 100 millimeters of rain on the way. So enjoy tomorrow. One last dry one before we get soaked again and it will be two days of rain with windy conditions. Meanwhile, across the north, periods of snow spreading into the Columbia region as well. Light snow expected there a slight chance of a flurry or a shower across the east coast of Vancouver Island. Otherwise, a mostly dry start to your New Year's. But Wednesday is going to be wet and Thursday as well. And I'll have one last shot of the stunning day, West Kelowna. Look at that. Just spectacular. Now, before... I leave you. Uh, we do have a contest for you tonight. It's just to kick off the new year, of course. It's our Pacific Blue Cross Health Challenge Contest, and we want you to share your health resolution. So if you do, you could actually win 2019 in health cash. And we're actually giving away three of these health cash prizes. So the contest runs through until January 31st. You want to share your health resolution. You go to our website, globalnews.ca slash contest, and that's where you can enter to win. All right, thanks very much, Christy. Not to eat a box of Toffee Fay a day, although I suspect I'm not eligible for the contest, but that's fine. I've put it out there and I've said it.
Well, as we await the arrival of 2019, billions around the world are already celebrating. A million people crowded Sydney Harbour as Australia rang in the new year with some soul-tinged fireworks celebrations. In Kuala Lumpur, thousands ushered in 2019 with a spectacular fireworks display near the famous Petronas Towers. Beijing held a gala at the 2008 Summer Olympic site, looking ahead, of course, to the 2022 Winter Games, which it will host. Hong Kong skylines exploded with a pyrotechnic show entertaining thousands gathered there. And thousands of South Koreans ushered in the new year in Seoul with a traditional bell tolling ceremony lit up by fireworks. And Pyongyang, North Korea welcomed 2019 with fireworks, lasers, and dancers there. And it's only, what, five hours and 17, 16 minutes until we ring in the new year here. What did they do on New Year's before we had fireworks? Torches. <laughs> torches. Is that what it was? People with torches, yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was low-key. Yeah. Well, you, you lived in New York for a while. Did you ever go see the... Uh... I, I never went down to Times Square to, to see the party. We were near there, but Janie hates crowds, so oh, we, never, we never went down there. All right. It's a, quite a crush, a million I'm people sure in Times Square. I'm sure it is, yes. Yeah. But you get to see the ball drop. It's not a ball drop on New Year's Eve. It's a puck drop we're talking about now. And it's not New York, it's New Jersey. That's right. Not quite the same thing. <laughs> Uh, the Vancouver Canucks lost six games in December. Officially, 8-5-1 and one this month because one of the losses, of course, was in overtime. In five of those six losses, though, Anders Nilsson was the Canucks goalie. The only game Jacob Markstrom lost was 1-0 to Winnipeg. Nilsson was not great, obviously, but let's cut him some slack because in those five games that he lost, the Canucks scored an average of 1.6 goals per game. In the games Markstrom played in December, Vancouver scored an average of 3.8 goals per game. Big difference. And message to the Canuck players, Nilsson's the one who could really use the goal-scoring help right now. All right, off to Jersey we go. Afternoon action, and there's Anders Nilsson right there. All right, first period. Brian Boyle finds a rebound. Oh, Goldobin, you got to be on him a little stronger than that. Okay, so one nothing. Then, power play, Miles Wood. Far corner and in. 2 nothing now for the Devils. And Nilsson, maybe didn't see that one, I don't know. Probably should have had it. Other end, the young Mackenzie Blackwood. Already has a shutout in his last game, and he'd get one today, too. That's two straight for this kid. Oh. Oh, that's slap shot stuff. Kyle Palmieri down, no penalty. That was accidental, with air quotes. With a slew foot. Sammy Fatnan scores. Early in the third, another power play goal. 3 nothing for the Devils. And then a short time after that, Edler again runs into someone. Whoa. Briefly puts him out of position, and Pavel Zaka scores to make it 4-0. Chance to break Blackwood's shutout. It's Jake Furtanen down the left side. He does beat the goalie, but doesn't beat Iron Man. So the Canucks lose. And they go to Ottawa for their next game on the six-game road trip. Okay, there's the Predators' moms. The National Predators brought their moms to Washington to play the Capitals. And this is some nice passing. Carlson, Jacob Vrana, 
That made it 2-0. It was 3-1 at one point for the Caps. Nashville had lost six in a row. Struggling, but you're playing in front of your mom. You got to do something. Ryan Johansson, good local boy, scores, and there's mom. Give me a high five. Give me, a, give me another high five. Everybody high five me because my son just scored. And now Johansson sets up Ryan Ellis. Big comeback by the Preds. Oh, well, the logos didn't change, unfortunately. Oh, boy, we're going to have a logo problem. I can guarantee you this is going to have a logo problem, too. Oh, well, sometimes that happens. Uh, all right. Canada, Russia. Cody Glass scores the first one to give Canada a 1-0 lead. Then Grigory Denisenko will tie it for the Russians 1-1. And then watch this save by Pyotr Kochikov off Max Comtois. And it's 1-1 after two periods. And once again, we love those Canucks and Devils logos so much. We're going to show you them one more time. No, we're not going to. Okay, 1-1 after two periods. Okay, now Canada and Kelpa of Finland. This is the final of the Spengler Cup. No scoring until the third. Tori Mitchell, no. Daniel Winnick, yes. Canada with the lead. They'd won the last three Spengler Cups. But Itu Lestarnen will tie it. So that means they're going to eventually a shootout. Eighth round of the shootout. Yako Riesenin against Zach Fukali scores. So now it's up to Vernon's Andrew Ebbett, former Canuck, now plays in Switzerland to keep this thing going. Can he do it? Can he? No. The Finns win. Kalpa gets its first ever Spengler. Well, in the NFL, day after the regular season ends, a bunch of people get fired. The following head coaches are now out of jobs. Seahawks, this Saturday night, 7, make that 5-15 against Dallas. There you go. Happy New Year, everyone. Here is today's snow report. Whistler Blackcomb base of 204 centimeters, grouse 215, 207 cypress, and Sasquatch 170. Revelstoke a base of 180, 173 Fernie, Manning Park at 143, and 180 Whitewater. Big White's base at 165, Silver Star 157, Sun Peaks 145, Kicking Horse a base of 161, 158 Mount Washington, and Powder King 201 centimeters. All right, BC's capital city is jumping on the World Juniors bandwagon, and for good reason. But in addition to cheering for Canada, hockey fans are going crazy for a foreign team that sees very little support back home. Kylie Stanton has more on Victoria's infatuation with the underdogs from Kazakhstan. <laughs> he shoots, he scores, and the crowd goes wild. No, this isn't Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. This is... Kazakhstan! And the city of Victoria can't get enough. Best feeling ever. Just the pure joy that everyone has for them. Cinderella's story is just uh, too good to resist. The third period. The Kazakhstanis, who are making their first appearance in the World Juniors in a decade, have quickly become the heroes of the island crowds. Fans chanting their name, singing their song... 
despite not ever winning a game. I've never seen anything like this where it's Kazakhstan-Slovakia and it is so one-sided for Kazakhstan. You know, I think that the Canadian support of the underdogs throughout this tournament has been really special. Every available jersey has flown off the shelves here. There's not even a scarf or flag to be found. With Kazakhstan coming back to this event after being away a number of years, um, coming from the relegation pool, it's great to see the support here in Victoria for Kazakhstan. No one is feeling the love more than the team itself. We were deeply touched. Guys uh, really appreci appreciated that and uh, they told me that the support from the crowd uh, pushed them uh, go forward. They're going to need all the support they can get in order to stay in the top division for next year's World Junior Tournament in the Czech Republic. But either way, this is a win. They may never get that kind of reaction ever again, and they'll, they'll never forget what, they, what happened here in Victoria. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. That's, yeah, that's cool. That's because good, Canadian right? fans know. They know, like, you know, a Kazakhstan or a Denmark who's in the pool that's over in Vancouver, yeah. they don't really have much of a chance in this tournament. So, you know, give the kids some love. And they appreciate totally. it, too, tapping the glass. When, yeah. uh, and Sweet Caroline by, by Neil Diamond. Yeah, There's that's their, their song. The team, team song, which... Sweet. Good segue into New Year's Eve. Nearly Neil is going to be performing right. on our show a little bit later. Well, at least we'll talk to him on our show from Jackpool Plaza. Mm -hmm. Down there, we're going to be right in the mix with everybody else um, at the New Year's Eve celebration. But first, we have to dress warmly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, make sure you dress warmly. I hate seeing people out there cold. And uh, 9 o'clock show for kids if you want. All right, get in, get out early. Enjoy it, and Happy New Year.